There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner, gets up center. Perry! Scoop! Hey everybody, it's another Forever Mighty Podcast, Pat, Jason, and Eddie. And uh, we don't know where Jason is, apparently. If you guys are watching this on, uh, oh, I'm on right next Twitch, to <laughs> he's um, changing locations at a rapid How do you, pace. He's sitting in the same so building. So he discovered what Skype has for background. <laughs> I just found background. it adorable. Pat, Pat really wanted this as his background. It's just that. <laughs> yeah, no, I just stuck with uh, my new office, and Jason just apparently moved in. Uh, truth be told, I got a stuff going on behind me, so I blurked it out. And now Jason's making fun of me by using. How a, do you know Jason isn't in Candyland? Um... base. <laughs> now he's this in Robot good. Land. Yeah, I'm gonna stay here. I think I think people believe I'm yeah. on a spaceship with robots. Hundred <laughs> percent makes the most sense. Absolutely makes the most sense. Well, now, boys, we have plenty to talk about with the Ducks. This is um, all the stuff we haven't got to in the last couple of weeks, but. Uh, for the extra stuff, we have things prepared for Patreon this weekend. Just for you guys listening, for your Patreon members, looks like we're doing something on Sunday. 
Um, that's tentative. We'll probably be talking and solidify uh, a time after this show for either Saturday or Sunday. But it's looking like Sunday. But, guys, the season's going to start. And apparently a few teams are talking about playing outside, even here in California, which is very strange. Ducks, Kings, Bruins, and Penguins. What do you guys think about that? Um, it's very curious how they're going to accomplish this, if this is even something if they're going to go forward with. any team can do with. it, you would feel like – I know the weather creates a problem, but you would think the California teams would be the teams who would be more likely to do it and still have fans outside. Um, the Bruins and Penguins is a bit of an interesting one depending on how cold it's going to be outside. And, and I think they were saying the Penguins were looking into Heinz Field and PNC Park, which are not friendly locations to watch hockey when you think of putting a hockey rink in a baseball diamond or like we've seen in the past in a football stadium. Uh, unless you're sitting high up, it's it's not very uh, friendly for that. And, I, and for the Kings and Ducks, they were going to play at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, which is apparently where the LA Galaxy plays. Seats twenty seven thousand. I doubt uh, if they're forced to play outdoors that they're going to be able to get anywhere near full capacity. But I I've never been to that arena. I'm sure one of our listeners. I'm sure Jimmy's been there for for some soccer games before. I I wonder what it would be like. Like I wonder what the venue actually looks like in terms of you know being able to put hockey on there. It's it's much more friendly I think than a giant stadium. And you speak of the weather. My God, the the storm right now going through the East Coast is just burying them. They said it was like two or three inches of snow an hour, which is nothing we have to worry about here in California, especially where the teams play. So, yeah, very curious about how they're going to be doing that. I'm leaning that this is probably not going to work out in general, especially for the East Coast teams, I don't imagine. Uh, I would even say it's even hard for the teams out here. Uh, mostly because just trying to maintain ice and keep it cool. I mean, yeah, hey, if the weather kind of drops here, it's still dropping to like maybe 60, 65 usually. So in that instance, how are you going to maintain the ice? It's going to cost a lot of money to go ahead and do that. And even then, if you do it in California or anywhere in California, everything's so much on lockdown right now that you still can't have fans to outdoor things. So it doesn't even really make sense uh, money-wise or the fact that the only reason to have that is just to put fans in the stands, but you can't even do that right now. So it, it doesn't make a lot of sense Would on this go? side either. Would you guys go? Yes. I, I would go. I would yeah. definitely try I wonder, to go. I wonder how many... Like, well, what is, like, what's COVID, the situation like there? Like, for us here in, in Ontario, it was mm. not as... <laughs> like, it was kind of... Cases were going down during the summer, and now we've gotten back to a point where we're at, like, record highs. Is that kind of the same thing there? Yes. And it turns out, found this out, that all of Canada has the same population as California. Yeah. <laughs> Little-known fact there. So... Uh, but yeah, no, our, ours is uh, going through the roof. Uh, Pat will disagree, but uh, everything's is pretty much going up, up, up. Uh, hospitalizations, infections, deaths, all that's kind of going up. So everything's kind of clamped down, and uh, it'll be this way probably. I don't know for a couple couple months, and then vaccinations start to happen. Everyone stops gathering. We're probably good. We're good. I don't know. I'm just gonna listen to Gavin Newsom and just close my eyes. Well, okay. we, we've got a planned like January 13th start date that, I mean, we, listen, we might as well get into this now because it is kind of on, on par. Uh, we're going to go into this later in the show, but the, the new start date for the NHL is January 13th. They're going to play 56 games. 
I would imagine if the plan for the Ducks and the Kings was to play outdoors, that it's not starting January 13th. It's probably something that happens either midway through the season or, or later on. Uh, there's no way they play every single home game at uh, Dignity, whatever, Dignity, what is it, Dignity Health Sports Park in, in Carson. There's no way they yeah. they play all their home games there. I could imagine. Like, there's no way they get something like that approved at this point. Especially having, I mean, without fans, maybe. But if you're not going to have fans, there's no point in playing outdoors. You might as well just play at Honda Center. No, but the main reason why they got the the uh, the ability to even get this going in general is because, from what I've been told, is the and this is not like secret news. I have a friend who goes to like a same club as some people that work for the Ducks, and what they've what they've told him mm-hmm. is that the NBA and the NHL have secured uh, through the government vaccinations. They're all going to be vaccinated. Um, they're not jumping ahead of any lines. They're just going to be vaccinated. Apparently, this is part of the rollout or whatever is happening. Um, What's strange, what I was told too about it, and if that's true, they said that the players' families aren't getting vaccinated. They're not. It's just only staff, only players. So, interestingly enough, um, that still doesn't help. Like Jay was saying, it doesn't help any of the fans. California's under super strict lockdown right now. It feels like we're like a step away from like a stay-at-home order with these the way that they're talking about cases. So, there's no way that they're going to have fans in seats this year. I can't imagine yeah. that's going to happen. I mean, you can't even eat outside at a restaurant right now. So. I think really the season even starting is kind of basically we're going to see hub cities again. I don't really, I don't really see there's any other way to do it. They kind of just have to go about that. Um, and to play 56 games starting on, I think even January 13th is kind of like a, that's a real, real like close date. They need to really have their stuff figured out before then. And I know the NHLPA and the NHL are trying to work out details. So it'll be really yeah, interesting to see how this like, happens. At this point of the season, in a regular season, we're usually about 56 games in already. On you know, Come January 13th, you're more than halfway through the season. Obviously, you know, a 56-game schedule from January 13th means that this, that, that kind of shortened season gets pushed back likely into you know May, potentially June. I don't know if they would need that much time. Uh, but it, it is going to be a longer season. And, and like you said, like there's no way, uh, even if the players are vaccinated, whatever, uh, that they're going to play outdoors if there's going to be no fans. Like I think I think what we, we have to kind of mention about this is, is these were plans, and it was more so they were looking into the idea of playing home games outside. Uh, four teams where some others were apparently considering the idea. So there's no concrete kind of announcement or, or formalized deal that the Ducks will be playing home games at where the LA Galaxy play. It's more so they were looking into the idea, probably only if they could have fans and it's looking like they can't. Yeah, it would make sense too to even to do it there. It's probably a better venue. I would imagine 27,000 plenty, but uh, I don't know. Like Jay said earlier too, maintaining that ice is fine January, February, maybe March. If it rains here, they're screwed. And when it starts getting hot in California, like it always does, sometimes in April, definitely in May, nah. <laughs> they're going to have to find a way not to have that happen. And then, and, yeah, and they're always going to have to try and maintain it. And, uh, I mean, it just just trying to keep ice frozen, it, just, it takes so much energy to do. And if you don't have control over keeping that climate in a certain area, it just, just leads to just crap ice conditions and just players being pissy about it. it's it's a long shot i mean i'll applaud the uh the ingenuity or the you know the um um what do you call it the um 
the idea box that they had, like, hey, let's just throw anything out there and see what works. I mean, they're trying really hard to figure out a way to make it work. Uh, I just this one is just it's too tough to to maintain over any sort of long period of time. One game, one big, you know, stadium series. Yeah, sure, that's fine, that's easy. But try and keep doing it month in and out is just it's it's not really feasible in my mind. If any of these four teams too that they're talking about needs the revenue, yeah. it's Anaheim. Like <laughs> that's a small market team. I mean, we definitely need to have something coming in here especially with all the money that Sam Willie's been pouring out too in the community, plus facilities, players, all that stuff. And to not have home games is really killing the small market guys. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, if, you know, we talked about the, the new planned start date for, for January 13th. How realistic do you think that is that it gets off the ground? I mean, based off of the rumors, it seems like it's pretty concrete and, and that they're going to aim for that and really barring any significant setbacks that that's going to be the start date and it's going to be a 56 game schedule and and they're going to go forward with it if they can ensure that the players are going to be safe and like what pat said is like if they're if they're getting the vaccinations and they're going to be safe the nhl will probably move forward with it it won't be with fans um i, I think it's more going to be in the arenas um until things kind of all kind of mellow out so I, uh, I didn't think they'd even do the playoffs last year, and they were able to make that actually a success. So I, I think that uh, they wouldn't do anything they didn't think would be sustainable. Uh, but we're less than a month away from that date, so they, they better start coming up with some ideas and uh, making sure teams can start their whole practice thing. Because, I mean, what if they start saying now, and then it's like, what, you got to do two weeks of trying to do training camp, two weeks of, you know, I don't know if they'll do preseason games but no, probably maybe a week that or something like that i mean they got they gotta well, get they, moving now if they're gonna do it and that's a they've already called season. players back uh that were on loan overseas for training camp which hasn't i guess officially begun yet so that's likely a good sign and i think this is up to even two or three weeks ago that some of these players started returning from europe because they have to quarantine for two weeks before they'd be able to take place in in any training camp or anything like that. So I guess that's a good sign in, in some way that we could see a, a January 13th start date. The The only thing is like Pat, you mentioned earlier that, that hub cities, I, I just can't, I can't see them doing hub cities for 56 games. I mean the, the play. They're going to have to, I, I mean, and realistically this season's going to happen. I feel like no matter what they want, the TV money that the league needs revenue. Um, and these players, I'm sure a lot of them, and I'm not speaking from anything I, you know, that we've heard from anybody, but like, <laughs> That rumor I heard about the vaccination, I believe it because some of these players are like, I don't want to go back and play. It's not safe. You know, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to put anyone at risk. That kind of deal. Some players did say that even talking about last season and going into the playoffs and all that. So I think that might have been part of, in my opinion, if I was those players, they're probably going to be asking for something like that. So if they do get vaccinated, the season does start. Um, there's no other, no other place they can play. They're not going to get people in seats. It's just not happening. Next season, sure. This This season... Coming it's up, also, but there's no way. Yeah, it's also difficult to make all the teams go to every single home city. And, you know, everyone, you can't play like a regular season where you're going to go, all right, well, we hit L.A., and then we hit uh, Anaheim, we hit San Jose, and then we're going to be home for a couple, and then we're going to go down to Nashville, and then we're going to go over to I don't St. think Luke's. they're going to play cross-conference at all until no. playoffs, and, and that's total final. There's no well, way. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, I just don't think you're going to have like, uh, well, I mean, because, you know, for most of the divisions, and I guess we'll talk about this in a little bit, uh, being realigned, you still have to go – you either have to go to those cities or you find a, a hub city or two that's got an NHL-sized rink 
and then they just kind of meet and play there. And there's really not a home game or an away game. They're all just kind of there. I, I think that probably makes more sense. I mean, you couldn't do it in just two spots. No, would, it's going to be multiple cities. Multiple yeah. cities, like within each division, I think. I, I laughed because I saw Vegas was up as one. I'm like, really? <laughs> Vegas yeah. is going to be a well, city? Anaheim was a, a pretty big contender on that list, too, uh, because of having two potential places to play, right? We don't get anything, dude. What are you talking about? We will not get, we will not get this <laughs> the way it's over here, so. It would be it would be ironic though. The one time that we get any sort of league thing happening here is when nobody yeah, can. That's go. what we get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would think at the very least they would have to do at least one hub city per division. The the only problem is like the the reason I'm saying I don't think they can do hub cities the way they did during the playoffs is because there's no way the play the players are going to spend four or five months in one city. There would ha- it would be almost that you would travel to these hub cities to play, and then travel back. Uh, but th- that just seems like a logistical nightmare in-, in terms of travel time. Well, interestingly enough, like how do you go home? You're vaccinated potentially if that's what's going to happen. You or you go home to your family. That can- I, mean, what- I mean, what if they're sick? Like you, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how the league yeah. kind of puts this together. That's a great point. To put it together for two months for the playoffs is one thing, but for five or six months is going to be crazy. That's when they locked it down in, in Canada where there, there really wasn't that many cases at that time, and you just locked it into two hub cities. But now you got four different divisions. All of Canada might just be its own thing. But yeah, I would I would still say it's a logistical nightmare to try and travel across. Like if you think of Canada's division, they try and have Vancouver. Oh, uh, we play Montreal today. We got to go play Calgary, and we're uh, back over Ottawa. We're gonna go over to Edmonton. Let's back. just leave the Canadian teams out and get their players seven other teams. <laughs> yeah, just well, just just get them all. You know, fifty six and O's, and they all get into the playoffs. That's we'll what take teams. McDavid and. Hey, and, I'd be on, and if, uh, if, if it means we get McDavid, I'm on board for it. Um, yeah, like like honestly, that would that would be the most you know the biggest argument for why you can't have those you know hub cities where you can't leave or that or you travel is is the Canadian division. Like, there's no way Vancouver and Edmonton and Calgary are gonna travel constantly to a hub city in Toronto, and Toronto doesn't have to travel anywhere. Like, at some point there, there's really no fair place to put it. Where it's in between, like you can put it in Manitoba, but then Winnipeg has an advantage. You put it in Ontario, the Ontario teams have an advantage. You put it out west, and the west teams have an advantage where they don't have to travel as far. Uh, I I don't know how they're gonna do this. Like they they it's it's funny we get a start date and an amount of games, but we get no news on how the season's gonna run and how they're gonna put you know put this together and run it. I bet you we find out by before Christmas. I would hope so. We'll find out in the next five, six days. Uh, they're just going to release it right for the holiday. Is what we're going to do. And hope that uh, that it goes according to plan. I really feel that uh, the players want to play. But, I mean, if you're too Rask, are you even going to show up? You didn't like that, that there was no fans to begin with. There's so no fans. It's not hockey. These aren't real games. These aren't didn't real games. He, didn't he not go because he was worried about COVID? Yeah, there was family things going on too. But I mean, he he made a mention about like not being fans. It didn't feel like a real game. Not being fans, it didn't feel like it. He was he was also getting shelled pretty hard. And then 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 he he's like, all right, well, I, you know, I, I got more important things to do. It just doesn't feel like that. And they kind of came out that they had yeah. family things, but they didn't he really did have some more important things to yeah. do. But the way he yeah. said it, people were like, well, "That's murder." <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Dave had a, a yeah. question and then a comment on on how we could fix this. So his question originally was, "Which hub city do you think would be the hub city for the Pacific Division?" 
So we can quickly mention that the realigned Pacific Division is Anaheim, Arizona, L.A., San Jose, and Vegas. And then the three Canadian teams jump out for Colorado, Dallas, and St. Louis. If you were picking a hub city for that division, where would you put it in one of those cities? I wouldn't put it in any of those cities. I feel like what they would probably end up doing is put it in a a lesser known town because it really doesn't necessarily... I mean, they may not do it, but this is what I would probably do because then it's not like, oh, well, if we put it in Colorado, Colorado kind of has an advantage that, hey, it's a home game. We don't have to go anywhere. We can just stay here and we're one of the, the hub cities. But if you put it in just, you know, an area, you know, that's not a metropolitan area and it's a rank that no one knows a whole lot about, maybe has, you know, a few thousand seats in there or something like that, a college uh, thing or whatever, then that's probably where it would make the most sense or at least be as even as possible but i would try and put it somewhat central to where all the teams are i wouldn't put it in california and make all the other teams try and yeah. come to meet us and maybe a couple of cities halfway between i don't think everything. we can rule out travel yet i think exhibit a there is the ncaa in some areas has resumed and and they're traveling and they're playing now obviously some teams they do multiple games a season because I mean, the nhl shortens it up at 56 games and they're starting in January, and they hope to end by April, March. It, it's it's like an 82-game season. We just missed the first third of it, and now we're just kind of doing the same thing. And some of those games are back-to-back in multiple yeah. cities. So, I, just, I don't know so how this is what work the NCAA points. does for their games. And I'm not 100%, might not be 100% accurate with this. I know they're when you look at their schedules, they play the same team twice. So when their sets of games are two matchups against the same team, two matchups against another team, two matchups against another team, and I believe they play both those games in that team's arena. And then when they come back to playing that team again, it's two games at their home arena. So it was a similar idea to what Dave brought up here. He said each team's arena is where you play, but you play a series of three to five games at a time. So you go there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like baseball. You would go there. Uh, Anaheim would travel to to Arizona. They'd play a three or f- three, four, five game set against Arizona across you know a week's time. They spend that time in a bubble in Arizona, so just the hotel to the rink, and they play Arizona you know four or five times in a row. I mean, it's not probably the best thing to watch because we got to watch them play the same team. But I. I- I agree. I, I would disagree and say that it would be the best to watch because that's like mini True. playoff series. Yeah. You want to kill someone, each other some, by game some, Someone takes a cheap shot in game one, you get ready for game two, three, four, yeah. five. I mean, there's clear, like, like I said, there's examples of traveling like this in a smaller capacity, working in hockey already with the NCAA. Uh, and Pat, like you said, this would be exactly the same as MLB. This, feel, for me, feels like the most realistic option for them is to do that because you can still keep the bubble aspect to it by keeping them at the hotel and just going to the rink, and you're only really in that city for a week. You still do get to spend time at home when another team comes and plays you at home. There's still a little bit of travel, but when you have these centralized divisions it, it and you're playing a team you know, four or five times in a row, you're kind of limiting the travel a little bit. I think, honestly, this would be the, the best... Uh, the best option. Nice background. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the background looks about as good as your technical skills, so it's fitting. Oh, hold on. Let me see. <laughs> I can make it better. <laughs> as you were. So, interestingly enough, Elliot Friedman, we talk about hub cities, he said Columbus, New Jersey, or Newark, uh, Vegas, Edmonton, slash Toronto are the ones they're talking about. But he said that they're not permanent bubbles as we saw last oh. summer. Okay. Yeah. 
And that's as of this morning at 7.44 in the morning. Yeah, and I, so, and I feel like at this point, like, we hear new things every day. So I, I don't think they're anywhere close to. But nothing has been finalized with NHL and NHLPA, and he also said the biggest challenge is making sure our players and supporting personnel are safe and healthy, making sure we're not doing anything that puts communities in which we're playing at at risk, either in terms of spreading COVID or taking medical resources. Yep. So that's, I'm telling you, that's got to be the holdup here. They need to figure out what they're doing with that before yeah. anyone agrees to anything. To... So interesting to see what they do. But what do you guys think with um, <laughs> a shortened season that uh, the Ducks even have a fighting chance in this newly aligned uh, division the regular that comes Pacific around? Division, maybe, <laughs> with, with the Canadian team still in there. <laughs> Not, not um, with the teams we just added. Oh, you don't think adding the top three from the Central is going to make it more interesting and, yeah, and, and you, a lot you, easier? Yeah. Oh, I, I think that, yeah. the Pacific. <laughs> that or Vegas um, might be a bit If fun. you add Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver back in, I think the Ducks would have a shot at being maybe the second or third best team out of that in a shortened season with a, you know a fresher John Gibson. Um you know they they have a chance. I'm not saying they're the you know they're definite top three. I think you know Vegas in the normal Pacific Division, Vegas would be number one, and then I think you know Vancouver, Calgary, um, who am I missing? Edmonton are, are kind of a, a mix in there, and then I think Anaheim and Arizona could could sneak in into a spot. But the fact that you just added in uh, St. Louis, Dallas, and Colorado, those are probably your top three in this division, and then Vegas Nightmare. is number four. I don't see a way Anaheim breaks into that top four really you put vegas at four there how do you align that division right there again ed what's name it if you had to run it down from we'll number one the, number one to, the, to uh... seven or however many are in here number, number one to eight um man uh i i think Colorado's number one um i think st louis if tarasenko comes back healthy but i don't know if he is would be number two so i'm gonna go colorado uh oh damn sagan's out too okay colorado vegas uh, St. Louis, Dallas, uh, Arizona, Anaheim, San Jose, L.A. You put L.A. in the what, back. Where's the huh? heavy team in there? Okay. San Jose's pretty bad. What does San Jose do for uh, the goaltending? They brought in Dubnik. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. They brought in Dubnik. I mean, he's an upgrade on Martin Jones, but not a big one. Yeah. Well, that, that, yeah. I would take I, him over Martin Jones any who do you day. Who starts there? I, I, I think they steals. They keep uh, Jones in I there. I think they brought in until he to, alters. To start. Over I think Dubnik? it depends on how training camp yeah. goes and who looks better. No way. Oh, no, it's not, it's not my, my choice. I would probably say Dubnik. Dubnik didn't have a real great season last season, but I think they're kind of bringing him in. Uh, he replaces uh, Aaron Dell. And... Um, yeah, he's there, but I don't think they've given up on Martin Jones. I think they think he can still kind of rebound. <laughs> That's my thought on it. Uh, to follow Ed's thing, uh, Colorado, I go St. Louis, then Vegas, then Dallas. I yeah, I could probably go. I could probably go Ducks on that in that fifth spot, <laughs> then Arizona. Then the Kings and then Saint, uh, then San Jose because I think San I Jose... have the exact same order except swap Arizona and Anaheim. Anaheim, yeah. yeah, I was. I, was stuck I think on that's that, one, that but... top four. Is set, oh, that... Right, I, I think a lot of it hinges on however you juggle them. Colorado's at number one, but how? Well, yeah, and, and how can Dallas <laughs> handle No Sagan for presumably the entire schedule? How can 
Yeah. Was that his knee? So he's gone for like six months, yeah. which he still has about four months left. And Tarasenko's out pres- presumably for that entire uh, shortened season as well. I mean, St. Louis has more depth, and they can kind of handle losing Tarasenko more than the Stars can handle losing Sagan. Uh, but Col- for me, Colorado runs away with this division. Uh, Vegas, I think they put up a fight, but Mc- McKinnon's going to walk all over the goaltenders in this division. That team is so yeah. sexy, it's stupid. Uh, I don't <laughs> want them in our division at all. And, and, to, and to Pat's point about, oh, do you think a short season might help the Ducks? I'm thinking it doesn't help anybody who didn't play in that playoffs, who didn't have that two-month bubble, who got games in, who understand what it's like to play not only meaningful and playoff hockey but to do it in front of nobody and just know what that feels like so i don't feel like the ducks get more rest or the kings or the sharks get more rest and all of a sudden they're more uh energized to come in and go play i feel like they're trying to feel things out and it takes them even longer to kind of right but it's like more or less no everyone's healthy i felt like the ducks had a lot of there all the guys are dinged up meaningful games man i mean you're you're still you're still trying to catch up to that level and especially since they haven't been able to necessarily train like they would in every off season um or anything like that i mean it, i think that's a detriment to guys who haven't played since march they'll, they'll be nine months out of the game i mean that's that's a little rough to just try and jump in and hey get a good start because otherwise you're gonna get steamrolled and all these other guys already kind of know what that's like uh to yeah. get back into it this season better start rolling, and they better come out to an agreement because they're already getting my brain churning for like uh, division reviews that we like to do, yeah. team breakdowns before the season starts. How I think I I love all the beginning Our, stuff. Of that. The one thing we <laughs> yeah, never do we love that if we get to this point, we, and they don't. We do never it, go back and look at our results. We need to do that because they're never good. They're never good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I I we always remember like the obvious ones. Like there was the one year where. Um, I think I pegged Calgary for, for second in the, in the Pacific and they got second. And there was one year, I think Pat, you picked Arizona to make the playoffs and they made the playoffs. Um, but like, I, I, well, we don't have that many seasons. Like uh, forever mighty started in what? March, 2018. I think this will be a third season, right? Yeah. So we we could go back and do it. Or we'll at least mm-hmm. make the predictions this year and in the shortened season go back and, and see how they went. But this year will be the hardest. We should just pay someone like 200 bucks to <laughs> oh, go through all God. of our shows or maybe more because yeah. it's really annoying. And then find all the bad takes we've ever had or find our hot takes God, and then we can go back many. and review them. <laughs> and they can just shit many. on each other. And they're all probably wrong. <laughs> yeah. They're probably all wrong. That's hot take of uh, New Jersey. Oh. Being better. Oh, and then the Rangers? <laughs> yeah, the Rangers. That, that one did not go well. We I mean, the Rangers weren't significantly that. better. The Devils just weren't good. It was, and I never said they were going to win the division. I, I think the funny thing the in, in that season work. is the Rangers... Uh, oh, the Rangers and the Devils both got the first and second overall pick because the Rangers moved up in in that year where you, we made that prediction. The Devils won the lottery mm-hmm. and got Jack Hughes, and the Rangers moved up to two and got Capo Caco. <laughs> And I owed you a flight out to California, which you just can't take right now. Oh, buddy. My my luck, eh? <laughs> COVID yeah. stole your ticket. All right. Uh, are we good on division? I think we covered covered most of it there. Any more? Yep, right. pretty That's much. So- uh, yeah, like like Pat was saying before, we'll you know closer to the season, we'll do a breakdown um, either here or maybe Patreon of all the divisions and and our kind of predictions for the season and and where we think they're they're going to kind of map out and i think we always pick our, our early cup favorite too which is looking more more and more likely it could be tampa bay again Boston and brews this yeah. sunday too so 
So it's always um, a good time. All right, so next is up is the first hockey we're going to see out of, uh, at, before the start of the NHL season is the World Juniors are starting on Christmas Day, not Boxing Day this year. They st- a day uh, oh. day sooner. Uh, the Canada doesn't play till till the twenty sixth, but the U.S. opens on uh, on Christmas Day. And what is Boxing Day again? Can you remind me? Is that where you guys like rebox up stuff you don't want? No, it's where they they punch maple trees until they get their syrup, and then they they spread it around the world. All, for the all rest could of the be year. true, uh, but it is basically another Black Friday. It is uh, just a sale day, and stores just take advantage of that, and people just go and like exchange gifts or whatever. It's like Black yeah, Friday. It, it, it is. Christmas. It really is. It's the best I can explain it. it. It's literally just a lot of sales in stores, and now they like just like uh, Black Friday is now like a week. Right, they have a week of sales. They now have Boxing Week, which runs from the twenty sixth until basically the thirtieth or, or to the thirty first before New Year's, and it's just sales. So stores can make money after Christmas. Can you buy me stuff and send it here? I'm sure it's cheaper. I, I mean, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you buy me one of those Mountie hats. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to find a Mountie hat shop that has a Boxing Day sale. <laughs> yeah, but only if it's on sale. Brett, Brett's in Winnipeg, right? So he oh, probably yeah. could find it. Uh, <laughs> I know um, he's not. Do you guys actually have uh, actual Black Friday? Like the yeah. day after Thanksgiving? Uh, you guys yeah, have but that it's, too? Like, no, it's not the day after Thanksgiving, it's bro. It's just sucker for skills. It's just Black Friday. <laughs> yeah, because no, it's just Black Friday, in, so there's uh, not. Do you guys yeah. have Cyber yeah. Mondays? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Black Friday and Cyber Monday I... are a worldwide thing. Like Canada is like left out of the online world where they don't get sales. <laughs> Did you guys get Cyber Monday? Who allowed you? I just think that it poses at this point. It's just like, well, what's America doing? Oh, we should do that. Hey, we'll make another one too. It's all Boxing all right. Day. World Juniors. Jeez. World Juniors start on Christmas Day. There will be six Ducks prospects at the World Juniors. Uh, four of them are for Team USA, which is the most of any team in the NHL on one team. So Trevor, is it going to be televised? Anyway? So I believe say- NHL Network is playing all the games. Uh, okay. Dave said he no Good. longer has NHL Network, but you can find streams online. Dave, come over to my house. You can watch it. Or we'll go to uh, Team Jay's USA house. is looking stacked. No. Uh, Trevor Zegras, Henry Thrawn, Jackson Lacombe, and Sam Colangelo are the Ducks prospects that will be playing. Uh, only returnee is Trevor Zegris, and he led the U.S. in scoring last year. And we were, I'm sure you guys remember some of the plays he was pulling off in that tournament. Well, he was the, he yeah. was the magic man during um, that So time. hopefully we see some more of that. He's likely going to play with uh, his buddy and Kings prospect, Alex Turcott and uh, other Kings prospect, Arthur Kaliev, who he played with last year, and they were just unreal. Uh, so he'll be a, a big addition to that team. And then Thrun and Lacombe will be playing on defense. Uh, I'd be surprised if Lacombe is in, you know, is one of the top six defensemen. He could be like a seventh defenseman, but Thrun should play. And and the interesting one for me is, is Sam Colangelo, the Ducks' uh, second-round pick in uh, the last draft, that the, in the 2020 draft. Um, he reminds me a lot of Max Jones. Just a, He's a big kid. He's like 6'2", 215 already. Uh, so when you think of that going into a tournament against people your own age, his peers, he, he's going to be a lot bigger than most of those guys. So uh, I normally don't watch Team USA games. I did last year because of Trevor Zegras, and I, now I guess I have more more of a reason this year uh, to watch these four guys. So not uh, not too bad. Such a Canadian thing to say. <laughs> uh, speaking of Canada, Jamie Drysdale is on Team Canada. 
Oh. I'll be watching Team Canada hopefully follow up another gold medal. If you guys forgot, Team USA did not uh, finish on the podium last year. So just uh, just in case you forgot. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. No, no, we did forget. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I almost forgot, too. They didn't win the uh, Stanley Cup. You and your U.S. <laughs> and Canada teams. You let, you let me know when Canada wins a cup. Anyway. Albin <laughs> Sunsvik was the uh, sixth prospect for the Ducks, uh, plays for Team Sweden, will likely be a bottom six forward for them. Timo Nickel, who the Ducks drafted in the 2020 draft as well, would have made Team Austria, but he was diagnosed with COVID. He just signed his ELC, I think, like six hours ago. Uh, he tweeted out, the Ducks quote tweeted it. Uh, so he would have been the Ducks' seventh prospect at the tournament. But other than that, pretty much if you want to watch – the top dust ducks prospects play watch team USA, which, which I think, USA. I think most USA. of you listening will be watching team USA anyway. Uh, and if you want to check out Jamie Drysdale, then you can watch team Canada too. So yeah, <laughs> if I have time on my very busy Christmas schedule, I might have time to watch. Yeah. I have a lot of boxing day things to do that first game they have. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, anyway, <laughs> I'm off the rails here. The, Ed hates us. the, the tournament Ed. runs, December 25th to January 5th. Uh, so there's five uh, teams in each pool. There is uh, the, the first pool. Canada lucked out. They got the easy pool. They have Finland, Switzerland, Slovakia, and Germany. So just, that should we'll be uh, an easy run for them. The U.S. got a bit of a harder group, but they should still go through. They have Russia, Sweden, the Czech Republic, and Austria. Uh, Austria probably loses that or the Czech Republic. And uh, the opening game on Christmas Day is Russia versus Team USA. Not a not a bad Ooh. game for opening day. And we won't see a Canada-US game unless it's in a knockout round situation this year. So that, that they're not in the same group. They're That's not in the same dumb. Group. What's, the, what's the point of having this World Juniors tournament then? That's all yeah, anyone wants to watch. So that they might eventually meet at the at pinnacle. The battle game. They could. Well, they, I mean... They would be able to anyway, but they didn't put them in the well, same. Well, they group. can't. They just that means they can't meet in the round robin. But they can. They will if they go far enough. They will meet at some point in the quarterfinal, semifinal, or uh, final. But we'll see. I, I honestly think that the two best teams uh, in this yes. tournament are Canada and the U.S. So presumably a gold medal matchup. How would you rank those, Ed? If you had to put Canada one to two. and USA in an order, yeah, Between uh, one and two. Is it a roll of the dice? It's it's close, but the. You're going to call me a homer because I think Canada is a better team, but 22. Who has better goaltending? Uh, probably the U.S. Uh, so I, they have they got spent. Spencer we Knight is, is, yeah, is over. Then. We went and we have Trevor Zegers. It'll be close. It, it, it will be close. Uh, I mean, Canada has 22 of their 25 players are first round picks, and oh, this would be the best if Zegers does a Michigan and everyone calls it the lacrosse, but it was to win it against Canada. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll be upset for a little bit, but I'll be happy that he scored a winner. So that's okay. Yeah. Like the, that's the thing. <laughs> this year, if Team USA wins, I won't be as upset because there's four Ducks prospects on there, so it's not as bad. It's an easy yeah. cop out. All it's right. all right. The World Juniors is like <laughs> seriously, it's like college football to Americans. Like they get so riled up, so so riled oh, up for World it Juniors. Here. It's. Yeah. Just anything it world. is the hockey spectacle of the year here. Every it's it's the biggest hockey event of the year. Bigger than would it be bigger than I don't know Toronto winning a Stanley I, Cup? I think across Canada, it yes, 
I think it's uh, the World Juniors is bigger. I mean, if you ask Toronto fans, then no. And if you ask most people in Ontario, they would probably say no. But across Canada, the World Juniors is the biggest hockey event of the year. You know, everybody watches it. Even if you're a casual hockey fan, you watch. You it's watch good hockey, Canada play. Well, I, I guess it's good hockey, and it's not uh, pros. So you're just seeing kids who just want to play for the fun of it. But at the same time, they're also playing for to to get drafted or to uh, get money. Some of these, guys, I mean, most of these guys right? are already drafted at this point. But I, I think a lot of them are just. Mm-hmm. This is could be the only time they get to play for their country, right? Like, right. with no Olympic hockey guaranteed anymore, this is it. Like, this is the stage where you can play for your country now unless you play for the World Championships. But I would argue this means more than the World Championships. Like, you would rather be playing playoff hockey than playing the World Championships because of the time of the year they take place. Unless the World Cup of Hockey returns. Of course. Which, it, it's great and all, but I don't think it has the tradition yet to be like, the Olympics or the World Juniors, where it, it means a lot. The World Championships are trash. Uh, this is my first. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't like it either. It, yeah, no, I, I don't like. I, I never tune in. It's if I if it's on National Network or whatever, games, I don't want to see it. You, you tune in because it's in the summer. <laughs> you got the nothing. Playoff to hockey do is on. Well, it's like when That's the playoffs the are going on. Yeah, playoffs are on. So like, I yeah, I don't. I could give a shit. If it was the World Cup of hockey. That's what I was thinking. Sorry, I yeah. would totally watch that. Those I just think games. the World Cup doesn't have the that tradition had team yet. North That's America. the problem. Like it's it's new. It's fun. It's fun to watch. It's great hockey, but like I don't feel like it has the same meaning for the players as as the World Juniors or the Olympics would. Yeah, makes sense. All right. Anyway, uh, I know your answer already to this. If you had to pick a winner for the World Juniors, yeah, USA. Yeah, it's Team USA. USA. Yeah. Austria, uh, yeah, okay. Austria, eh? so, going off off the board. Is no, they got uh, relegated last year. They got <laughs> relegated last year. They're out. <laughs> I was hoping they'd be back in it too, because it's it's honestly the weirdest uh, country that seems to somehow always make it out of that. If you if you're not familiar with the, the uh, World Junior structure, the this World Junior tournament is basically the Division A, and then at the same time every year there's a Division B, which is like teams like Japan. Uh, Kazakhstan when they're down there, Austria, uh, I think Norway, Denmark, like a bunch of. What's the one Slovenia that Kovatar uh, yeah, probably from? in there as well, and they play like a similar tournament. It's a World Junior tournament, and the winner gets promoted to the World Juniors, where the loser of the the Division A World Juniors gets demoted to Division B. So Kazakhstan got demoted, and Austria got promoted last year, so they're in it. Huh. The more, the more you, you know. know. All right. A couple things left <laughs> for the show here. Uh, one thing, if you were listening to our Patreon show a couple weeks ago, uh, we didn't get to, but we wanted to save it for this show, was NHL Tonight sort of put out a breakout players list. You can only really find four of them. Have uh, they updated nope. it? <laughs> no. <laughs> From when they did it a week ago? You can or find four ago? of their breakout players. Uh, Sam Steele is number 10 on that list. Uh, apparently it was just a TV spot. They didn't put out an article or anything after, so I have no idea who the other six players are on that list, including number one, two, and three. But we'll talk about Sam Steele. It, realistically, do you think Sam Steele is the number 10 breakout player for 2021? If you had to think of every potential breakout player for this upcoming season. I don't even think he would be number one uh, or number two or number three for, for me on the Ducks, let alone the number 10 in the league. I think no. 
No, I, I can't say ten in the league. Um, I'd be I'd be hard pressed to put him number one on the Ducks. Um, I think he might have the most potential just because he's got the ability to have a breakout season, or at least we hope he does. And he's probably going to be sheltered in that third center spot. So I think he might have that opportunity. Who he plays with might be a big factor. But then once again, it depends how quickly the Ducks start. And I don't think they're going to exactly just come running out of the gates, being nine months off and a little rusty and second-year coaching. Uh, I mean, he's got the potential, but I just – I don't see it. I mean, it's a nice nod. At least they acknowledge the Ducks in some way. I haven't seen that video. Uh, is it Pierre Maguire who's in that video, right, I think? Um, I thought it was Darren, 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 Darren Pang. Darren Pang. Yeah, he Pang. has no idea who Sam Steele is in that video <laughs> like he <laughs> he struggles hard uh find it uh on nhl.com just look up sam Steele. it'll be like the most recent video about sam Steele, and uh, he has about a minute and a half to describe sam Steele, and it is a struggle for him to dis- i don't think it was his list and he's trying to describe why sam Steele could be the number 10 breakout player and he was not prepared to to handle that it's almost like it's like He's like looking at his nose, looking at the screen. He's like, ah, he he shoots well backhand. Uh, yeah, he just has no clue. He, uh, it's very strange. That's for sure. And uh, yeah, he should. Yeah, that team probably needs him to really break out, so he will. <laughs> if you, if uh, I want to get your thoughts on, he's battling for pucks and making plays a lot of the times. So he has a he has a much better two way game. Something like yeah. he said something along those lines, like which. Uh, <laughs> Pucks in not, deep shots on that. Maybe not grounds for a breakout. <laughs> a really if you had to pick your, your breakout player from the Ducks this year, who would it be? Cam Fowler. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was, I was like, Come on, man. Like, <laughs> he he can utter disappointment in that Canadian's voice. <laughs> Jeez. Really? Uh, for uh, me, it's, it's, it's Max Jones. I think he's finally going to put it together this season. God, I hope so. Him or Troy Terry, man. One, one of the two got to start stepping up here because they're running out of time here. I mean, you give them, you give them their e- ELCs, you get three years, show me what you got. If by the third year you haven't started to make progress, whether you know, you're know you snake-bitten or not, it, it can't last for three years. So at some point it's got to happen. I think they're both kind of on that same page. So either have a breakout year or we're going to start looking to to move you because you still somewhat have value in the league's I, I think- eyes. That's what we're going to see this year is there's a lot of players trying to break into that lineup. And, you know, the guys who kind of get left behind, I think, are potentially guys who get moved out this year. Uh, whether that's Terry or Jones, I don't think Steele's among those players who would be, you know, out to get moved. But I, when you look at the wingers, uh, there's an abundance of them, especially with, with Milano and Heinen both coming back. That. Well. And they had it projected on the top line with Getzloff on NHL tonight for that video. I was like, Sam really interesting. No, Heinen, Getzloff, oh, and Milano yeah, all together. I think because the last game they played, it was Milano, Getzloff, and Heinen together. So they're just like, okay, that's going to work again, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. For me, I, I think it's Maxim Comtois. Um you know, he's a year younger than these guys, and he's kind of at that that point where the next step for him is is you know a full NHL season or in, in the shortened season this year at least 40, 45 games. You would hope uh, he's got a tough spot to crack the roster, but I think you know a logical next step for him is to have a breakout year 
you know, put up 15, 15, 20 goals in a very good year, 30, 40 points. I think, you know, if he puts up that, that's better production than Jones, Terry, and Steele have put up over their last couple seasons, right? So I, I think... Especially if he does Yeah, I, I well, yeah. yeah I, I mean, across an 82-game schedule, but yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, put that's going to get me every time. All my predictions are going to... In, the, in my head are going to be based off an 82 game schedule and then I'm, I'm going to make some really bad takes based off that but uh, no I, I think I think Maxim Comtois has all the tools to, to kind of break out this year for the Ducks I, I really think if he gets a roster spot this year which is going to be tough you know it depends on where he plays but I, I think he's due and, and it, it's it's you know it kind of speaks volumes here that our three guys that we picked aren't Sam Steele. You know, we picked Jones, Terry, Comtois. So, a little a little odd there. The NHL tonight has him. I don't really like Troy Terry a lot, to be honest with you. Not, not a huge fan. The, the analytics um, people love him. That's. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, a of course. Of like you him, would think but... that I would love him too, then, because you know, I like <laughs> analytics and all. It's just. He's just not a producer at this level. We, we haven't seen it. So, for him to be the breakout guy, I guess he kind of freaking has to be, in my opinion. He's, he's really got to be that guy. Has to be. That I guy. mean, the, the yeah. Like I said, him, him, and Max uh, Jones for me. It's like, it's, all right, put up or shut up. Because at this point, you know, we've given you, given you the two years. I'll give you a little shaky start here, but you got three years. Like you, yeah, the, those are three years, and now those are those are kind of. I won't say they're the prime years, but they're an indication of what your prime years should be. So I mean, if if they're not hitting it, then there has to be some start development. Clicking. That we can see, right? Like there, there has to be a logical next step. Have to progress. There's got to be some yeah. trajectory up. I still just... vote to take this team and get prospects elsewhere. I still vote to move all the all the veterans out. Uh, uh, I mean, we like we've been that. saying for a while, Adam Henrique and, and Jakob Silverberg probably should have been moved a while ago. Um, uh, even Ricard Raquel would fetch a pretty I, I penny. Don't. Necessarily disagree. Uh, I think the the value on him is higher now, even with the two bad seasons under his belt because of his contract and the fact he's got a little bit of term left. Um, I think you look to move Silverberg and Henry before him, but if you get a, a good offer for him, I think that's when, when you look to, to, to move him. It's tough to move, uh, tough Come to on. move Adam out, man. Henrique's got a boatload attached to his name right now. It's going to be really tough. want to move Silverberg out. The dude seems to like lead us in goals the last two seasons. He's actually a good two-way winger. It just depends on the deal. He should have got traded before on... they resigned him. That was my point. He was having a career year. Yeah. You could have got a first-round pick, and then and there goes. Uh, but you you can't keep him forever because you're not good enough right now. Uh, he, you know, is he going to be the same player at 33, 34? I, I get. I mean, if you guys are in full-on dumpster fire mode, then yeah, you sell everyone that's over 23 because. We're not. We're not going to be competitive for the next four years. So why do I want to? I mean, the, the, the Kings did that. Jesus. They went full dumpster fire <laughs> mode. Essentially, you just really can't. And we all make them dead last in this league. But in, they uh, have the they have the best prospect in their, in their pool in the entire NHL. Yeah, they, they're set. Um, for you can't a bit. move Kopitar and Doughty just because of their contracts. So that's understandable. But they literally moved every other piece they could possibly move, other than those guys, and I guess Jonathan Quick. Well, someone will have to get caught at the border with drugs. Oh, I wonder how that'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. Mike with Richards the Kings. will return. <laughs> are we at my favorite part of the show we now? Are. Before we I wrap? added this in because I know Pat 
hates these jerseys, and Jimmy will also love this oh. this uh, oh. this section as well. Um, <laughs> the Ducks reverse retro jerseys were the third highest selling reverse retro jerseys in the league. Um, I don't know Giants. if you guys have seen yes. the doc yet. You probably have. So I was going to ask you to guess what the other top five are, but you've probably seen it already. Okay. Well, number one is the Caps. Number two is the Rangers, which is surprising because we shit on the Rangers jerseys in our Patreon show. Uh, Ducks were three, Avs were four, and Coyotes were five. Avs is it's another not head scratcher, man. I think a lot of people in Quebec bought that jersey. Ugh. And there's Avs fans everywhere. Um, I mean, that's vomit-inducing. That that fucking jersey is so bad, man. That is such a bad jersey. Out of, out of those top five, Pat, I mean, do you think any of them are good? Oh, the Ducks one, of course, is my favorite. Yeah, I know. I'm no, just saying. Coyotes was your favorite know, jersey honestly, from our I, ranking. My favorite out of those is the Coyotes. I'm not surprised that's on there. I mean, I, I want to say I picked the Kachina jersey my yeah, favorite out of all of them. You and I think me both the, the, the Coyotes jersey is number one. Yeah, that Kachina jersey is sick. I love that one. The Caps one wasn't so bad. The other ones, I'm just like, oof. The Caps had a bunch of red. I think they have the C in that weird spot yep. on the other shoulder, right? Yeah, it, yeah that's that's the the other one. I wasn't so, I wasn't too bad. We didn't hate it. At least I didn't hate it. But the Rangers one was garbage. The Avs one was garbage, and the Ducks one is. Uh, too many people in California, I think, as Jimmy told me, are bored and have money. <laughs> well, I, I think you have to. I like that. I, I, I think you have to look at it this way: uh, the Ducks jersey has appeal outside of the Ducks fan base, so I'm not surprised it, it's on there. Yeah, Same with the Coyotes, sure. uh, a bit with the Avs. The Rangers have the biggest fan base, probably in the entire NHL, or one of the biggest fan bases. Well, maybe yes. the U.S. Yes, maybe. Um, yeah, not Canada. Well, do you say, I don't like see Toronto or Montreal on here. Um, well, because their jerseys didn't change yeah. much. And but Canada's poor. Can't buy jerseys either. That's what you know. I'm. That's what I'm saying. So, um, well, the thing is, they probably all got it. They probably all got it with. Oh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Lafreniere uh, probably got true. his jersey, his name on the back. Uh, yeah. What I'm thinking what's going to happen is Toronto and Montreal will become the most the most. Uh, you know, Popular, most bought one on Boxing Day when everything is on sale. Oh, the toilet seat's going to go to number one, huh? That jersey's such a <laughs> I was straight to the top number one, from the bottom. Like, the Caps have a big fan base, but it's not like a full nod to the retro version. Um, it's just really uh, I've never red. Seen anybody like really say it was the best jersey of the bunch, but somehow it sold the most. I think it's cartoony. Like, like think about it. Like. Uh, the the caps one that's kind of a cartoon type eagle coming across. The ducks one is a cartoon guy coming out of the ice. Uh, the Cochina one is kind of cartoonish in a way. So I mean that's three of the top five right there. I don't know if like they just kind of want. I think they were the most different. I think people liked them for that reason. I would say the Kings one should have been number one on here. Honestly, that's uh, our number two. Behind, behind the Kachinas. I, I mean, I even said on the show when we did that on page, I thought damn yeah. close between those two. Yeah. But they, they were good. I Don't get me wrong. I like the Wild Wing logo. I like that original one. I hate that it's all white or like mostly white. A any of the ones that are mostly white, just they just, 
there's nothing there. It's just like, okay, yeah, it's like an outline of whatever you're trying to show me. And it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just, if there's no color there, then it just seems. I'm glad they didn't go orange, but uh, that busting out of the eye just don't, man. (laughs) Oof. I like the original one. There isn't one I can get behind, but almost in a comical way. Just kind of like, ah, that's nice. They tried. Oh, dude, that's so bad. And I know I'm going to get torn up by people in chat. I'm sure who like that jersey. I'm going to hear it on Twitter if I make a comment like I did last time. But I just can't get behind that jersey whatsoever. Eddie, I still think you and Steve Baltimore. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I want to show this um, concept that Dave just sent us. I don't think it's going to work, though, because I have it on my phone. I'm showing it to, You guys can't see it, but I'm showing it to the camera. Uh, Dave, no, we can't. Dave so said he sent it to you, us. so it's oh, okay. It um, it. It's the Anaheim word mark on a purple jersey um, with teal on it. I, I think it looks good, honestly. Um, you know, it's not re- it's not really a reverse retro. Um, if you know a reverse jersey of another jersey, uh, I think it'd be a great third jersey to go with that and 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 have this uh, this concept. I love that logo. People hate it. Like, I like that jersey. It reminds me of Ruslan Soleil. But uh, I don't know if I can get behind that. It's with a black green, jersey, you know? right? Mostly black. Yeah, it's mostly black. Yeah. Yeah. The original. Yeah, it's black with mm-hmm. purple. I don't know. I just yeah, like I like that original purple. logo. Maybe take that original logo and make the duck look the other way. I don't know. Maybe take you want to do it. Why not? <laughs> all right. Well, we're coming up on an hour. Um I think that's it. We covered all the topics that we had. Not a ton of news, really, right now. I mean, enough to, to at least get through a show. But hopefully the season does start January 13th because this will be one of the last uh, one of the last pods. I mean, I guess the next one, presumably, would be after Christmas and, and would be a season preview, hopefully. And, uh, and then we might be back into post-game shows. <laughs> yeah, that'd be exciting. But for uh, those... We're wondering about our Patreon shows. We mentioned midway through this one, Pucks and Brews this Sunday for our Patreon fans. Um, grab a drink. We're going to talk Ducks hockey, NHL news, all that, plus whatever comes up. As uh, Jason always has something fun to make fun of Eddie about. So get into that too, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Well, it's, it's good to be back. And then we get a long break. So yeah, at least uh, we made it. <laughs> and Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everybody. If we don't, uh, if you're not tuned into Patreon and we don't see you before the Christmas break, and we should do it on oh, Boxing Day. God. Okay, I'm going to end this day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>